welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about the dangers of family meals and the consequences of not knowing your nephew. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, oh, we start our second series, our second three author trip a Tripa. Triple Trilogy <laughs> Nine a, Book Series. It's a Triple Trilogy. It's a Triple Trilogy. It's a Triple Trilogy. That sounds... Nice and triple. That sounds not like how I want it to sound. We're starting Fate of the Jedi, Book One, Outcast. Written by Aaron Alston, mm-hmm. as we previously stated in the earlier episode. In the short episode that came <laughs> after the monster episode. <laughs> yeah. That's a big gap. Two and a half hours to 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, something like that. This week, who knows how long it's going to take us. But let's get started with chapter one. First note, here we go! Because Aaron Alston starts with one of his location <laughs> titles like he always does. Which, you know, makes sense for the beginning of the series. Where are we? We're in a GA diplomatic shuttle. In high Coruscant orbit. And let's read... The opening sentence together. One by one, the stars overhead began to disappear, swallowed by some enormous darkness. Cool. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just going to read half the first sentence. Ominous much? All right. (laughs) All the stars turning to darkness. Every bright point of light you can see in the distance, in the sky, every bit of hope. Gone. Wiped out. And now... To get a little more metaphorical, what is it wiped out by? Mm -hmm. An Imperial Star Destroyer. A new one named the Gilad Pelion. All the new Star Destroyers are black. The Anakin was black. It's so stupid that that you would ever make any ship not black in space. Yeah. I mean, right? (laughs) Let's make it light gray. So every bit of light scattered off the surface of any planet reflects off of our fucking ship and you can see it anywhere that it is. Make it black. Yeah. So, you know, logic is caught up to technology. They didn't have the paint Yeah, no. technology. They're... It was only applicable to light gray in the Empire. Light or it was gray, like a, some reds, oranges. It's probably a budget thing. <laughs> yeah, they'll blow up more of them, but it's cheaper to paint them gray. That kind of shit. <laughs> Anyways, we're left in darkness as the lights wink out. And are you scared, Tim? Yeah, you are. Well, don't be. No. <laughs> because the series starts with Jaina Solo. <laughs> Our prayers have been answered. Now, begs the question Will this be the first sign of way more Jaina to come? Or is it going to be a classic psych from serial rug puller Aaron Alston? <laughs> if anybody remembers that funny clip from the first series of episodes. But seriously, is she actually going to be in these books more? Now that her brother's gone and there's less, her aunt's gone, there's less people to share the spotlight with. Yeah, unless she's just in it here at the beginning. Because she's the last big character to do anything in the last series. Yeah, right. A direct tie from her having the last scene to having the first scene. Yeah. That's a good point. That's like some some meta-narrative stuff right there. Now, she's in the book, but I don't really know what the fuck she's doing here right now. Because she's on the shuttle Mm -hmm. with a bunch of political dignitaries. More specifically, her Bothan senator friend. Good luck. I didn't even write his name down. <laughs> I, I did. I did not care. It comes up again later. Yeah, but it's not Borsk Falia. It's somebody else. But he's got one of those apostrophe names, so you just don't worry about it. Yeah. What? Here it is. Oh, Turg Drelai. Yes. Turg Dre. Yeah. And I will trust that that pronunciation is Hundo P. <laughs> so Jane and her little Bothan friend are aboard. To Gilad Pelion. They've arrived aboard uh, on their shuttle. The GA diplomatic shuttle. That we're on. For one paragraph of description. And now, they've landed on the Gilad (laughs) Pelion, the newest ship from the Empire. For diplomatic meetings with new head of the Empire, 
Jag fell. Yep. Oh, so that's why Jane is on the shuttle. Because they're going to Jag Fell's new ship. His new ship is the Gilad Pelion. And he is the head of state for the Empire. Yep, that happened in the last series. That was Luke's idea. Yes, it was. It was like part of the surrender terms or whatever was that. Hey, Moths, we won't kill you if you let us put Jag in charge and you join the Alliance. Yeah, and well, it turns out what was it? Dallas thing was half the moths have to be women. Yes, too. or else you can't join us. Well, it turns out maybe maybe the politics haven't progressed as far as we thought because she's here for a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. I mean, Pelion. <laughs> <laughs> that joke isn't even written down, man. Now, the other reason why Jane is on this mission is because Jag, of course, is a loyal Jedi. Lover, for yeah. example, after he and Jaina make out, <laughs> he suggests the Empire have an official Jedi presence, i.e. a temple or something. See? Jedi lover. Big fan of the Jedi. Yeah. Always support the Jedi. Even if it's unofficial, there should be a Jedi presence. Yeah, you know, like your hot ass. Yeah. Also, it's been two years since Legacy of the Force. Almost bit the side of my tongue off at the end of there, but two-year time jump. And what? <laughs> Nothing yeah. is accomplished. No, they're just starting peace talks now. The remnant hasn't joined the GA, the Imperial Remnant. Even though that seems pretty finished and decided with Legacy of the Force. No, because like I said, that was one of the stipulations of the moths not all getting arrested. Yep. Maybe I'm misremembering that. Joining the GA was part of the stipulation specifically but i'm pretty sure it was i'm pretty sure that was luke's deal yeah. maybe maybe he just doesn't have the authority to to offer that kind of deal you know being a a renegade of the ga government at the time yeah maybe jag had to establish himself as the leader first i don't know there better be a lot of reasons yeah. and we better find out about them as we move two along years here. is a long time because though. if we've gone two years without moving I guess that, you know, that makes sense from writing the book standpoint where you're like, like I said to you earlier off mic, you're not going to have big things happen off camera. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, the galaxy's reunited. Ha <laughs> ha. Come to this book and here we go. And all that hard work is done. Right? It's it's the time jump. That's crazy. Maybe like six months. Right. It's been <laughs> two years and the Imperial Remnant has not joined the GA. Also, the Hapens have not rejoined the GA yet. Jason, Jason, what a mess. Mm-hmm. He obliterated the government, and then we were led to believe at the end of the series that everything was going to be fine. Turns out, not fine. No, the Confederation's still around. So, Jane and Jag take it to the bone zone. <laughs> and we cut to Horn Family Quarters, Hostel, Coruscant. Yeah, vacation hostel. Vale and Gisela, Corrin and Mirax are all together. Before the parents are scheduled to speak at the Unification Summit, a.k.a. our political backdrop for the kickoff of this novel. Where last time it was the tensions over uh, weapons manufacturing mm -hmm. was what, you know, the beginning of the, the political, I don't want to say backdrop again. Landscape. Back background. <laughs> hey, landscape. That's better. That was better yeah. than mine. Now... Reuniting Jason's fractured galaxy is going to be a big deal because nobody did it over the course of the two years that we didn't read these books. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we were told that was mostly good to go, but in defense of the end of Legacy of the Force, obviously having one press conference, Dalla, and being like, we're all the same team now, is like, that's not... The job's not done, right? No. So, like, that's us being naive. The reader saying, everything's fixed now. Well, by the time we come back, everything will be fixed. It'll be fine. You know, it's naive by the characters in the in that moment. Like, Jaina saying, oh, thank God. Oh, the government's... Dala might be trouble for the Jedi, but, oh, the government's saved or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, turns out there's a lot more work to do than we had anticipated. But, hey... Naivete. <laughs> anyway. 
Valen sits down for a little family breakfast with his mom. Echoes of Spice Loaf, anyone? Big time. Mm-hmm. Sits down for a family breakfast with his mom. Except it's not his mom! We've been psyched. <laughs> and the the family breakfast was two people. Yeah, right, because his sister and dad are not there. Yeah, they're not around. It's just him and his mom. She's cooking some Karelian-style hotcakes. And she puts the plate on the table, and he goes, that's not my fucking mom. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And like, yeah, 10 pages in, man. We've been psyched. Aaron Alston, back to his old tricks. It's harder to pull these psychs off later in the books. Maybe that's why he gets the first book every time. Because he gets to do as many of these little tricks as he can. Ah, ha, ha, ha. You thought it was going to be this, but it's really this. And then by the time we get to like book four and seven, it's already all established. Yeah. No more rug pulling. But we've been fooled. It's definitely not his mom. But Valen Horn can't figure out what tipped him off to that. He just calls it an instant realization too overwhelming to reject. So he does the only logical thing. Jumps up from the breakfast table, runs to his room for his lightsaber, then runs back and threatens to amputate his mom. <laughs> yeah, we don't care so much about uh, cutting limbs off. <laughs> yeah, they can be replaced. And he's like so callous talking to her. He thinks his mom has been kidnapped and replaced with like a some sort of agent, spy, robot, organic, whatever it may be. To kill him mm-hmm. or capture him or do whatever they've done with his missing mom and dad and sister. Right. But oh, I really can't understand why I feel that way. <laughs> Just an instant realization too overwhelming to reject. So threatens to amputate his mom. Jedi horn wants to know where his real mom is. He mad. He's literally seeing red. He says that's normal for Jedi, right? I'm sure Valen's, Totally normal and fine right now. And luckily, Cornhorn, Valen's father, arrives just in time to stop all this madness. But, psych, you're not my real dad! Mmm, got him! And then uh, the paragraph, the chapter ends with Valen lunged. Whoa. Yeah. How did you like chapter one of the new book series? It, I I like how he, well, it's kind of weird because Valen went from being, oh, I love my family, I love my family, to this isn't my family, I don't know why, and I'm going to threaten to cut off their limbs and cut them in half. Yeah, and an important thing, too, that he kind of lays out throughout the chapter, Valen does, is mm-hmm. that, you know, they're family, but they're Jedi family. They don't see each other often at all. Mm-hmm. They don't even talk to each other often. They don't spend a lot of time together. And so he sits down at breakfast and this imposter mom needs to be amputated all of a sudden, you know? Yeah. I thought, I thought it was a good jump into the series, man. First of all, let's start with Jaina and have her and Jag get it on. Okay. That's all decided. Yeah. In two years, that's what they figured that out in two years. Good for them. Yeah. And then we're going to cut right to the problem. What is this precipitating problem going to be? outside of the political backdrop what is the you know the more in character impetus for action going to be well Valen Horn is currently lightsaber battling his dad at the end of the very first chapter <laughs> yeah you know that's uh that's wild that's wild we got we got boffins makeouts banging body snatchers hotcakes father versus son lightsaber standoff uh Chapter one makes me want to read the book out of these books, man. Yeah, like the whole book. Yeah. Read it till it begs for mercy or uh, something. All right. All right. There's just a little sense at the end. Please stop. (laughs) Chapter two. Yeah. Valen's not dad kicks his ass. So he's got to escape in classic Jedi fashion. Run through a wall. Jump through a window. Literally traffic hop to a patio restaurant where you can finish off this fake father. Classic Star Wars. Yeah. He's getting all he's getting all tired because he's old and 
Phelan's still good to go, ish. Well, during the course of this this fight with his dad, across, you know, traffic lanes and such, into the patio of a restaurant, Valen is ignoring a lot of, a lot of evidence that this corn horn is not an imposter. Yep. Uh, he's got a silver lightsaber. That's he's like, oh, I wonder how they manufactured that crystal or where they found that, or did they just steal his lightsaber? Oh my god! Number two, he's not trying to kill Valen mm-hmm. in the defensive openings that he's leaving in this lightsaber. Uh, uh, a tet a tet, yeah, <laughs> if you will. Um, thirdly, he's not using any telekinesis powers because the real Corrin Horn and Valen by genetics can't yeah they have, they, they have a hard time with it yeah ha- hard time to no ability almost right yeah they there's no telekinesis in their in his blood anyways and and the fake in quotations the not corin as they as he says yeah, in the book yeah. is expertly deflecting his blows with very little effort, effort yeah, he's at barely all. moving he's his like, elbows or wrists or whatever yeah and yet he remains convinced of the body snatch what do you think, Tim? Real dad or evil stepdad? No, definitely real guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cut to you. Senate building. Coruscant. Luke Skywalker. And I had to write this. Because as soon as I saw his name, I was like, oh, Luke. Oh, felt good. Luke Skywalker. Hard eyes. Even though he wasn't uh, quite active enough for us in the last book series. Luke Skywalker is here for the UPC. And the speech starts. I am Senator Tiurg Dralia. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> he he really drags out his vowels. Chair of the Unification Preparations Committee and the organizer of this event. Over the next several days, in both private and public sessions, we'll be examining the relationship between the Galactic Alliance, the states of the Confederation, the Galactic Empire, and individual planet states with the aim of restoring our great planetary union to levels of strength and security, equaling even surpassing those it enjoyed before the recent war. So nothing was resolved since Jason's Civil War. No. There's still a confederation of planets that can't agree to give... Weapons to the whole. And even the name of the committee. Unification Preparation. Yeah, committee. like, we're still steps away? Yeah, we're we're just beginning this process after two years. Right. And maybe that's realistic, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything real- about uh, well, so, yeah, political sure. poopy <laughs> sure, shit. Sure. I'm not sure how fast politics move in real life, let alone space. But shit seems slow most of the time, so... Maybe it's not entirely surprising, but... Two years later, you don't expect to step into the same political landscape. Yeah. But maybe, you know, it's more a case of, like you said, everybody's kind of, all these different factions have had to spend the two years getting their own houses under control. Mm -hmm. You know, get everything settled back to normality for them before you can come back together as a group again. But I don't know, man. I thought, (laughs) I thought it's been two years. I thought. Somebody did something. What the hell has been going on for two years? Yeah. And I, about all the groups that have been invited here, um, Ben sitting there with Luke. And Luke's, or Ben's, what about the Hapens? How come they're not here? Yeah. Apparently they were asked incorrectly to join it. Yeah, they were purposely asked diplomatically incorrectly. So yes. that they wouldn't come. And we'll find out why for that later. But you're right. Ben is here. He's with Luke. He's 16 years old now. Now he's 16. They grow up so quick. Yeah. And Leia's sitting with them too. And God, at this moment, I'm like so excited for this new adventure. Yeah. Even though we had them all together at the beginning of the last series and they all parted ways pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And then things went really south for like eight books till they all got back together. And And I'm wondering if we're going to see a similar thing happen now. You know? uh, yeah, I think everybody's going to split up. I mean, they're definitely, yeah, they're not going to be eight-man tag team for the entire nine-book series. So I guess that's kind of moot because they're definitely going to split up to some degree at some point. And but, Le- Leia's whole purpose of being here 
is in this part anyways is to explain the political part of sure like the political nuances about what's going on because she was the leader of the she's the one who explains to them why the hapens are not coming Mm -hmm. and she also says to luke hey luke check out that head table up there dala representing the ga imperial jag representing the remnant imperial Terfenier, representing the Confederation, Imperial. Mm-hmm. Luke thinks to himself, oh my god, I never put it together before, but the fate of the galaxy rests in the hands of the Empire. Yeah. How's that 40 years of fighting? Yeah. He's, <laughs> <laughs> he's been part of every major conflict to keep the Empire down yeah. uh, and not from ruling the galaxy it's, and... it's so funny that leia even says i bet palpatine's ghost is laughing at us yeah which scares me because is this book going to be is this series going to be about palpatine's ghost yeah really why are you mentioning that. palpatine's ghost don't do that yeah we've already done that like hundreds of times haven't we we're going to do it again for like the infinityth time it's not a good idea I don't need Palpatine's ghost up in this piece okay just the perpetual cycle of palpatine's but, ghost but how bad of a sign is this is this how Jason has brought order to the galaxy? By uniting Imperials in control mm-hmm. over the galaxy? Uniting the galaxy under right. an Imperial banner? Yeah. Although, be it, you know, several different banners, but they're all being held by Imperials. Yeah. I don't know. That's wild to me. But hey, Leia points out they're all three of them. Honorable people. Mm-hmm. Very respectable, trustworthy people. Now, that's a good point. We know Dala is... Well, I mean, they don't know Dala very well. She's been missing. She's been yeah. in the Maw for 30 years or whatever. But she's predictable, at least, in her you know, in her loyalty and in her militaristic decision-making fashion. Yeah, she makes a deal. She sticks to it. Yeah. Jag, you know Jag very well. They know Jag very well. You can't trust anybody more than you can trust Jag. He's the one who came and saved Han and Leia from a Lemurar by telling them she was coming after them. Mm-hmm. He came out of the fucking blue. <laughs> came out of nowhere into the story to tell them that. I like that sentence usage, and, by the way, because he's... Because <laughs> just... Well, he's not blue. He's so not he didn't blue, really but, come out of the blue. No. But he's got a scar on his forehead that leaves a silver streak of... Line streaking yeah, yeah. In, his, in his black hair. Ah, that's what he looks like, and we all know it. <laughs> and then there's never... the third guy that we have no idea who he is. Yeah, Turfenir, who I do remember him being mentioned. He he is the, the supreme commander of the military for the Confederation. That's the closest thing they have to a leader right now. Mm-hmm. But I remember them mentioning him in, what, the third last book? One of the last times that Jason... One of the last times that, that the Confederation, I mean, was fucking present in the books. Either way, these people are all trustworthy, so that's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. I just hope this isn't about Palpatine's ghost. Okay. There's many others at this massive meeting of the UPC, the Unification Preparation Committee. Kip's there. Jane is there. Han's there. Jane is there staring at her boyfriend. Yep. Han's there wearing his old Karelian blood stripes just as a fuck you to the government. That shit's like, like 70 years old. <laughs> So is he. Grow up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Fucking. You're still, you're 70 years old and still on this bullshit of I'll show you. Yeah. Grow the fuck up. Yeah, that's the, that's the. Also, I still like. Carillion. Right. Uh, screw you all. Yeah. And it's, organized and government. And it's like, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a character. Mm-hmm. So. Also at the meetings. Among. Luke and Kip and other Jedi and Han and Leia and sitting off to the side are the unmutilated Cam and Tion Solusar. Yeah, they nothing uh, left over from when they Boo! got uh, destroyed. <laughs> yeah, no lasting consequences of having all your body parts cut off in the world of Jason's medical marvels that he was trying to sell mm-hmm. in previous books. And that made me wonder. If that's not a big part of why they keep repeating these 
mistakes and conflicts over and over again is because you can grow a new arm or put a perfect replica on. Yeah. Luke's got one. And it's just, it's just like, is it easier to forget the pain of the war? Is it easier to pretend that it didn't happen when you can just stick a perfect functioning feeling replacement on the part that you've lost? You know what I mean? Yeah. Take that as more of a metaphorical thing than a physical, literal thing. But, you know, why is this galaxy doomed to repeat these conflicts over and over and over again? Or is that just a reflection of Earth and we all do the same thing? Yeah. And we think space be the same way. And there's it would be even more so because there's so many people on this. Yeah. Uh, in this There's a lot community more in this puzzle to consider yeah right? yeah i don't know man big questions but two boring hours later <laughs> yeah han and leia joke about her keeping him awake during the speeches and again i love their little repartee big questions big words then luke feels a ripple of disquiet in the force as his and jana's comlinks go off repeatedly stepping out of the senate hall and luke and company are promptly surrounded by four drop ships full of guards including three very conspicuously pointed out in the text bounty hunters mm-hmm. a quarren with a rocket launcher a skak owen yeah in a robot suit and a lady in dark robes with a lightsaber that luke does not recognize Okay. Who the yeah. fuck is this? Some random bounty hunter that Who has killed this? a Jedi. That's your guess? Random. Yeah. But she's got a lightsaber. So she killed a Jedi? Boba Fett had lightsabers. Multiple. Yeah, but he never used them. Things almost go haywire here during Luke's surrender. Because, you know, Johnny Rocket's like, he's resisting! And then one of the weaker-minded troopers accidentally takes a shot. Every gathered Jedi gets their lightsabers up. Everybody almost dies. Mm -hmm. But all ends well with Luke in cuffs cracking jokes with Han on the way to jail. (laughs) Yeah. Aaron Alston arrested Luke Skywalker for not doing enough in Legacy of the Force. Yep. That's kind of your fault, Aaron. <laughs> I mean, you had books one, four, and seven. You could have made him do whatever you wanted. Now you're going to arrest the man? Obviously, I'm getting a little meta-narrative there, but I love that. Yeah. It's what we, we talked about it, the whole series. Uh, what is Luke doing? Yeah. <laughs> why? Why is he doing nothing? Why does he not care that Jason is doing things that he should care about? Anyways, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll have a whole lot of time to talk about that. But I love that chapter one ends with Valen Horn attacks his Jedi dad. And chapter two ends with Luke Skywalker is arrested. Fracturing the Jedi. Fracturing the Jedi. Separating the Jedi. The book is called, the series is called Fate of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very Jedi-centric. I'm already sick of saying that word just now in these few sentences. What, Jedi? No, the planet Jedi. Uh. <laughs> Stupid. Anyways, because that's where the Jedi come from. That's where the kyber crystals are. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Chapter three. GA security blockhouse. Coruscant. Luke is processed just the same as any other common criminal. Except the end when he's placed in special solitary confinement with energy shields and such. And thus begins another large backdrop of the text for, I think, book one, the trial of Luke Skywalker. There's no way this is going to be a short trial. No. And we were pretty bothered that he didn't stop Jason last time. As you just previously mentioned. Mm -hmm. Often we were saying, where is this guy and what is he doing? This guy has is is doing bad things with your son. And then your wife died. And then what are you doing? Yeah, going to a comatose depression for 
your your fourteen year old son has to lead the investigation into your wife's suspicious death. Ah, mm. what do you think, man? Guilty or not guilty? Oh, he's so guilty. He's definitely guilty. He's like so guilty. There's no way. They worded fun. We'll get we'll get to that. They worded fun here he, because his lawyer shows yeah. up, a Twilight Noir event, and he arrives just in time to tell Luke. It's way worse than we think it's going to be. He says the government is actually asserting that in not recognizing Jason Solo's degenerative moral and ethical changes, the only way you can say descent to the dark side in legalese, you were derelict in your duty as the Jedi Grand Master and were partly responsible for every consequence of his subsequent abuse of power. In other words, a share of every death, every act of torture... Every butchered legal right, every military excess performed by the Galactic Alliance in the last war is being laid at your feet. Luke felt the air go out of his lungs. He sat down. You're not serious. Yeah. Yep. Yep. What do you mean? You think you have no responsibility for the underlings that run around your Jedi temple? Yeah. It it would be the same as in the normal people if some military commander had an underling go crazy and start shooting shit like say his weapons person well, started you're definitely stuff held up. responsible to some degree yeah for him to sit down and be like you're not serious it bothers me as we said in the review episode for legacy of the forest the whole thing how will jason's fall affect luke going forward well here it is. I think he let the the his breath came out and he was surprised because he knew that this was coming, but not to the extent that it is. They thought that he was well, they were going to get him for abandoning the alliance in that one battle. Right. Where he told Jason, "Stop what you're doing or the Jedi are leaving." And mm-hmm. then that turned the the whole tide of that battle. And then Jason went crazier from there. But for him to sit down and be like you're not serious. I get it. I, he's not saying it fully incredulously. Like, mm-hmm. I can't believe they would dare say that, blah, blah, blah. But he doesn't feel as responsible as I want him to feel. Mm-hmm. He, I don't know. He, he says, he, he explains away missing Jason's fall to the dark side as, what does he say? Something something along the lines of uh, denial is yeah. powerful. Self, the power self of self-deception and, and denial. denial. Yep. Yeah. Hey, man. Bitch, you fucked up. Yeah. Isn't that your job? Aren't you the guy above all that? You're the guy above all the people who are supposed to be above all that. Self-deception and denial, especially. But you failed. And you failed in a trickle-down effect all the way down where... Well, if the Grand Master's not doing anything about his own nephew, there were several times where, like, the Masters were not acting mm-hmm. because they were, you know, waiting for Luke's approval or assuming yeah. that they were dealing with the problem. It's a family thing and all that jazz, right? Yeah, waiting to get the order to like, do something. You're so you're so responsible. It's and, that's literally your responsibility. And if Luke loses his trial or whatever penalty. Death. And, and think about this too. Like, how are you not okay? So, so the Jedi Order takes responsibility for these these falls to the dark side by cleaning the, up the mess and killing the dark Jedi or redeeming them. Mm-hmm. But what this is asserting is that hey, you're responsible for everything else that happened around that too, not just him. Mm-hmm. You're not just responsible for stopping Jason. You're responsible for a abandoning the government, b all the fucking people that died on either side, high up or low down, because of the consequences of your inaction. You're not just it, it's not just problem solved because you got Jason and you didn't even get him. Nope. Your fucking force tricks and future blurring, whatever the hell. He does not feel as responsible as I want him to feel. I want Luke to be racked with guilt at the beginning of this series over what he allowed to happen. Mm-hmm. It's his Jedi order. 
He built it from the ground up. He is the leader of it. It's his nephew who he trained to be a Jedi, who he gave this responsibility to and then abused that responsibility and power, Jason did. You gave it to him as more than anybody else did. I wonder if because of... How do you not feel more guilty? And I wonder if because of all this, he might make some changes, like the Masters will have a little bit more autonomy to do the things that they feel is the right thing to do. Mm. Like, hey, this guy's going crazy. from him. Yeah, less having to get approval from the Grandmaster and more, let's do what's right. That's the thing, is I don't think they explicitly needed to get his permission. I think they all just felt that way because it was his nephew. Mm -hmm. If it was Raynor Thol or anybody else, whatever present Jedi, apprentice, knight, or master would act accordingly with that dark side user, not let him run the government and military on the planet that you're all on for most of the time until you all have to run away. Mm -hmm. I, he did nothing to stop Jason's fall. And now he's arrested for it. And he doesn't seem to care as much as I want him to. And that bothers me. P.S. Dala is the one behind charging Luke. She don't love Jedi. No, she said so at the end of the last book. Yep. And that was worrisome for Jaina. And the lawyer, though, thinks it's largely a maneuver to get government control over the Jedi. Because that's what they don't like. The Jedi are a soy... Uh, a soy? <laughs> the Jedi are a soy with their government. But not under the control of the government. So, like, the government bears responsibility for the... The GA bears responsibility for the actions of the Jedi. But the Jedi are yet not beholden to the authority of the Galactic Alliance. Mm-hmm. You know? What they do affects their reputation, but they're not under their the GA's control. So, yeah. kind of what Dahl is doing is... This is political maneuvering to make the Jedi answer to her. Or to a branch of government. Or, you know, not just to be a vigilante force unpredictable out in the wilderness hence leave the hapens out of this one because Tenelka wouldn't stand for luke skywalker being arrested yeah and she's a queen she's not just another jedi like everybody else yep she's the leader of a major galactic power yeah a multi uh multi-system military might mm-hmm. so leave her out of this one Cut to court chambers on Coruscant where the hollow cams and press are mentioned again, like at the arrest. Yep. And I can't help but feel real life tech culture catching up and moving forward through these books, right? Where there's a couple of references to like, he's on the hollow news or there's a hollow cam here in legacy of the force. But it seems like it's going to be a lot more prevalent in Fate of the Jedi. Yeah. As it became in real life, you know? In 2006, there wasn't a camera in every celebrity's face at every moment of the day. But by 2008 and nine, there was. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I just... Right away, I, I see that reflected in the book. Because I remember we said it last time. Like, it's only mentioned once or twice that there's, like, news boats floating out around around these galactic ship battles. Filming it, recording for history or whatever, right? Posterity. But yeah, wouldn't they fucking be everywhere all the time? Would there not be a film crew? Not film, like not documentary style. Yeah. But would there not be, I guess you couldn't get on the Anakin or something? I don't know. I just feel like. Yeah, you would think that they would be all over the place. It seemed underrepresentative, but that's us. That must be us looking back with the wrong filter, right? Mm -hmm. Where we're so used to that now. But here it is catching up in the text. The courtroom is full of press. Anyway, Luke Skywalker is released on his own recognizance, which I thought was a really cool word to read. Yes. I don't know, something about the way that it's spelled with the, I don't know, the Z and With the Z in the middle, yeah. It's weird. He's released on his own uh, goodwill and good behavior. Trial pending. He got a lucky, lucky draw of the judges. Yeah, this is a Jedi-friendly judge, and he won't keep me in jail until I have to go to trial. Cut to the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. Valen is fucked up. He says nobody is real. Yeah. Turns out Han and Leia met a Jedi 
called Seth Helen on the Millennium Falcon during the novel Millennium Falcon, mm-hmm. who was experiencing these same symptoms that Valen was. So, I guess we missed a little bit there when we did skip that book in between Legacy of the Force and Fate of the Jedi. Planting seeds. Here's a Jedi who doesn't believe anybody is really who they are. And then he disappeared before they managed to uh, bring him in for testing or what have you. But maybe we will read it someday. That Millennium Falcon book. Sidebar. Here in the Jedi Temple. Here in the medical facility of the Jedi Temple. Why is the keyboard for the medbay computer not made for Silgal's Mon Cal fish hands? Luke specifically says she has to like daintily, carefully yeah. press the buttons because her fish hands are too big. Yeah, like an old person typing. Are there not alien-oriented keyboards in this galaxy of aliens? Are are there is there uh, is there not a Moncal keyboard that you could just have? She could have on like a yeah, just next to the human keyboard. She has to uh, she has to adapt to all the human stuff because. Most of the temple is humans. She's the one who runs the goddamn medical facility. You don't have a fucking fish calculator. Fish keyboard? Why not? Same difference. Fish calculator. (laughs) I think. I don't know what you use that for. Even more so than than just that. She is the head. She's like the chief medical officer. That's what I mean. It's her fucking clinic. She she should have a dedicated keyboard and everybody should have have to adapt to her keyboard. And she doesn't have any helpers anymore because her helper died in the last series. Didn't he? A little techly? Or was that NJO? I don't know. Oh boy. Anyway, Valen shows no brain activity. Silgal tells Luke, which is weird when you're alive. She tells him. (laughs) Not, not, Not particularly normal. Luke says, Jason did it once during the Killick crisis. What were his powers? <laughs> he had so many How? <laughs> How did, why? Why? So many different ones that we didn't get to see. We'll never know. Because he's dead. But maybe Valen learned it from Jason? They ask his sister Gisela. And she says, Valen and I knew Jason, of course. But he was a few years older than Valen, and that makes a big difference when you're an adolescent. Mm-hmm. Jason was out fighting the war against the Yuzhan Vong, while Valen and I were stuck in the Maw at shelter for the last half of the war. We didn't see him at all during the years he spent wandering, and not much after that. That seems expository to me, so I'm going to ask you a few questions. Okay. Number one, quiz time, Tim. Yeah. What are the Yuzhan Vong? Oh, oh, that's it's a new like... series episode episode yeah. one of a new book series. Okay, go. Yeah, it's just it's the warrior race that came from another galaxy to take over everything, and they mostly did. Yeah, they got all the way to Coruscant and took it and kept it for a while. Yeah, and then Jason made friends with the brain, and well, Jason I, killed uh, Savong Long. And there was a sentient planet that factored into the whole thing and nobody knows where they are now question two quiz what's the maw that's isn't that where the uh all those black holes are and where it's hard to navigate that's where uh what's her face was dala that's right that's where dala was hiding somewhere out in the outer regions what do they call that like the outer rim the outer rim not the unknown regions yeah not quite that far but it's a collection of black holes that is yeah almost nearly impossible impossible <laughs> tough tough episode <laughs> nearly impossible to navigate in or out yeah but that's where the jedi hid all their kids during the yuzhan vong war mm-hmm I think it's hard to navigate because the black holes actually shift and move around. Of course, yeah. So you have to As do most of it space does, at sublight right? speed. And it's not like a, you you plot a steady course and that's the the road you take forever mm-hmm. because the road changes constantly. Is it, I think the Maw's part of the Kessel Run. What's the shelter, Tim? Well, that's where they hit all the Jedi. Yeah, it was like the, their their the base for the kids. Yeah, during the Yuzhan Vong War, they. They're like, well, they're never going to get through all these black holes to come and murder our special god magic children, so we'll hide them here. Yet. In the Maw. Their shields, the Yuzong Vong shields, were 
little black hole generators. Yeah. So they probably could have figured probably it out. Could have moved one aside or something. Yeah. Then Luke has the fucking audacity to say, "There's too much we don't know about Jason's travels, or even his thought processes." I mean, I think we said that all oh, serious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. You didn't ask him? It took a rest to kick his brain into gear. Yeah. Nobody was like, hey, you need to write an official report and file it for the Jedi archives. Yeah. Of where you went, the powers you found, how they manifest, what they do. No. This is the way you run your shit, Luke Skywalker? Yeah. Go to jail, you fucking bitch. You stupid (laughs) fucking bitch. You dumb bitch. There's too much we don't know about where he went and what he did. Oh my God, we don't even know how he thinks. But I'm going to let him apprentice my son? Yeah! I'm going to let him join my son to the secret police? Yeah. Now he's got fucking questions now that he's in jail. Yeah, now that he now that he's been arrested. Well, I mean, he's, he's not in jail anymore yet. Yeah. <laughs> he's released on his own recognizance. Anyways, now Luke wants to find out what Jason was up to. And he wants to know who those bounty hunters were, and he puts Detective Ben on that case, so mm-hmm. I'm sure whenever we jump back in with Ben, he'll be doing some more spy shit. Yeah, and thinking about his old life as a spy in the secret police. And he'll have a whole bunch of information because he's good at that. And <laughs> reflecting on his only friend who was murdered yeah, in front of his eyes. Who's dead. By Tahiri, who hasn't come up again yet. No. She's well, in the basement. She She's in the basement of the Jedi Temple being the, uh, I uh, mean, fixed. assumedly, yeah. <laughs> She should be in a fucking bed right next to the Valen. That one's got the fish keyboard. That's why. Yeah. That's hooked up to Tahiri's thing. They like installed it permanently. So they're going to have to use it so much. Cut to Valen escaping the Jedi Temple via the power of insects. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was, but I don't like this guy. No. <laughs> Listen, if you're controlling bugs, you're a bad person. <laughs> if, 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 if the history of cinema has taught me anything... You're a fucking bad guy. Chapter four. The Senate building plaza on Coruscant. Where Siha Dorvald. Remember her? Mm-hmm. She was the one who escaped Ben from the Jedi Temple, right? Yeah. Under orders from Jason. She betrayed the Jedi. That he was like 13-year-old flirting with. Yeah. And she's... Four years older than him. So she was 17 at the time that he was 13. Mm-hmm. And now she's about 20, they say. And she's with her master, Octoramus, a lady. Yeah. I like the name. It's great. <laughs> I don't know if I'm saying it right, but it's fucking good. Yeah. Both of them. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. They're outside the Senate building plaza. They're they're tracking Valen. Because as Silgal said, she put a tracking device in him before he escaped. Because that was pretty inevitable. The Jedi is going to escape if he wants to escape. Somehow, some way, he's gonna figure it out. He's gonna be gone. So I put a tracking device. They put, a put they should have put Silgal in front of or in charge of catching Jason or whatever. Yeah, well, she did it. She put the tracking device on him. Seahaw is the one who put the tracking device on Jason, on his yeah, cloak, the too, floaty right? piece of paper. That, yeah, right. That was her, wasn't it? Yeah, in she... the Senate Plaza. Yeah, when Kip Duran got stabbed. Yeah, and not killed. And not there killed. are no consequences <laughs> in Star Wars. Like, yeah, unless you're Mara Jade and Jason Solo. Anyways, anyways, anyways. See how Dorvald and Master Octoramus are hanging outside the Senate building plaza trying to track Valen. He's in the Undercity, and they've got, like, a fucking Game Boy beeper in their hands. Mm-hmm. That blinks every once in a while when he fucking gets, close gets enough. enough reception from yeah. the Undercity. They're talking about how they both thought Jason was cute, and then they find Valen. Ah, oh, here he comes. Cut to Denjax Tepler's aide. Yeah, he's still around. Who gets swiftly karate kicked in the jibs? <laughs> Cut to Valen stealing that man's clothes. Then an X-Wing from the parking garage, which Master Ramus jumps on as he escapes. Lightsaber punching holes in his canopy. No space for you. Yep. Then she falls to what she knows is her certain death. Psych! Yep. Siha saves her, and Valen is flushed out. He's not running through the Undercity anymore. He's in a not space-worthy X-Wing flying through atmosphere in Coruscant, where there must be roughly a billion police vehicles that could 
yeah get on him and take him in there's trillions of people on the planet so he can't go to space so we got him yep good job we did our job it's other people's uh, job to catch him now someone else must be sleeping somewhere but that's it that's the end of chapter four mm-hmm hey tim yeah what the heck do you think is going on here that's gonna be my new question now because tim hasn't read these books i've read these books yeah we both read the last series, but what the heck do you think is going on? What do you think's going on with Valen? Well, by the way they make it sound, um, that other Jedi's name, Seth. Seth? Seth Helen. Yeah. Two uh, first names. Don't him, trust them. Him and Valen. It, Luke makes it almost sound, because he mentions, I wonder if this is was contracted somehow. Right. Like a, like a disease. Mm-hmm. And maybe. What do you think is going on with Luke Skywalker being arrested? How do you think that's going to pan out in the near future? In the near future? Let's say, let's say, let's look ahead to chapters five through eight. Yeah. I think he's going to, because he, he brought it up, we don't know enough. And because of the back of the book, obviously. <laughs> he's yeah. he's going to go off and take Ben with him. He's going to go off, and then all the Jedi are going to be um, criminals. Yeah? Yeah. That's what you think? Yeah. And they're going to become enemy of the state? Yeah, they're all going to have to go into hiding again. It depends on what happens with the trial, right? Does he accept responsibility, and then there is some kind of charge handed down? Or does he flee? Yeah. And not face the consequences of a government that he doesn't feel beholden to face their consequences. Yeah, I think he's going to leave before the trial begins. <laughs> now, most importantly, what do you think is going on with Jane and Jag? Are they going to are they going to have a trilogy after this or what? I don't know. <laughs> Find out next week when we cover chapters 5 through 8 of Fate of the Jedi Outcast. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. You're not my real dad! <laughs> For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.